you have the time to listen to me grind. Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. When the math's not adding up, you said I'm checking out. I'm just working to the ground. Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. Welcome back. So, hopefully, uh, sh- even shorter than usual and sweeter than usual uh, podcast this week. I just want to run through the results of something I kind of made this week. And um, because that way I'm recording it before Sunday's games play, and then I'll get to look back on it much like I tried to do with the first week of the NFL season something we can look back on but this is something that's much more like literally we can look back on it next week instead of let's wait a couple of weeks so this week Tan Ho from DLF one of the the the, the nerd geniuses behind many of the DLF tools who can actually code streams live on Twitch regularly he was posting about a hack version of or he thinks of it as at least a decent representation of what Josh Hansman's at by low ads model air yards model was, which is a week to week model suggesting who is going to regress on a week to week basis and towards a higher scoring output next week based on underperforming their volume significantly, essentially through the season proper so far, so on and so forth. You know what Josh Hansman's air yard model is. And when he did, my question was, but what's the math behind it? I, he was showing off the code of how to present it more than anything else, but I'm more interested in what I can replicate in Excel because I refuse to learn new things. Um, and uh, so he told me. Uh, it was pretty simple in the same way smart people can come up with very simple ideas that dumb people like me never would have. Um, and so I got to work trying to replicate it, and I asked him a bunch of questions in this uh, like group chat we've got. And then Matt uh, Spencer from uh, Rotoviz, newly acquired, new uh, amazing producer over there at Rotoviz, got involved as well as a bunch of others. And I spammed Matt with a bunch of questions and everyone else with a bunch of questions. And essentially, I set it on something, a version that's somewhere in the mix of between what those smart guys were debating on, which is essentially instead of using air yards, I was going to use expected points, which is a Rotoviz model projecting the amount of volume in terms of fantasy points that a player has gotten on a per touch basis. So how valuable in fantasy points, measured in fantasy points, each touch a player got on a football field. So the measuring down of distance and where on the field and uh, presumably situations. I don't know. I, I don't know what the formula is. I just know expected points works out to be a pretty good measurable for opportunity. Mainly, I like it, well, I like it for a lot of reasons. I like representing players in terms of the percentage of volume they're getting from the team in terms of expected point percentage, which is something I'm rolling out in the weekly database at the moment. Um, Also, some new additions, because, you know, people ask me questions. I'm like, that's a good idea. Someone asked, do I track actual points scored in a game instead of just the Vegas lines and yeah I do so I was able to add them to the team line database uh pinned to Twitter for free or the extended version going back several years on Patreon and and someone else asked on Twitter if I'm tracking team racer so the racer or the receiving receiver air conversion ratio which is what the acronym Josh Hansmeyer made 
um, means uh, essentially saying how efficient teams, or in this case, or normally players, are turning air yards into receiving yards. So it's an efficiency metric. But he wanted to see uh, the team level. Um, And so I'm tracking that now too. Anyway, that's besides the point. So essentially what I did is use expected points and fantasy points over expected, or they could also, you could score less points than expected based on your touch count or more points. In other words, are you over or underperforming your volume? And like I said, expected points works out to be a pretty good uh, statistic to describe what's happening on a game-by-game basis or on a season-by-season basis. And it's pretty reliable, it's predictable, it's sticky, at least as well as most things. And I've got a history of it. So I thought it was pretty interesting. I'm tracking it week over week. So essentially, I was able to buy a buy, uh, create a hack version of um, a very quick rendition of uh, by a much smarter person of Josh Hersmer's air yards model, but using expected points, which meant that I didn't just have to look at wide receivers, I could look at tight ends and running backs too, because expected points is not an, a, a throwing dependent measurement. Uh, expected points is meant to measure your touch value, whether that's a rushing attempt or a pass for either type of player in any type of position, and so it's cross-positional. Anyway, um, to describe it simply, um, I, I fiddle with it a little bit. Uh, wait. That sounded worse than it was. I, I played around with some different thresholds and some different ways of calculating it. I essentially ended up creating something that I'm calling underperformance, which is some measurement between expected points and fantasy points over expected, but it's adjusting for the amount of expected points you're actually getting. So you don't want to wait, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley's fantasy points over expected the same way you rate uh, Jermichael Hasty, uh, who recently went on IR. So I guess he doesn't count anymore. Because they're just fulfilling different roles and they have different amounts of volume, so their efficiency means something different. It's not a complicated formula um, and essentially works out to be the same as fantasy points over expected, which is in the database, but I just, just a little nudge to make sure I'm not catching any stray numbers. So at running back, essentially, I want to see anyone with a running... So far this season, their expected point percentage adjusting for team level volume instead of just outright expected points by looking at the percentage of role they have on that team instead of their overall expected points. Um, Inside the top, I think I settled on a top 20 threshold, but they uh, performed last week outside the top 15 at running back. I think those are the thresholds I organized. Organized by that underperformance, which is essentially fantasy points over expected, uh, ranked 1 to 12, and I asked to, to spit out the top 12 results and rank them accordingly in terms of who's underperforming their volume the most uh, to the least. Um, actually, for this podcast, I'm actually going to spit out a couple of extra that I didn't put in the weekly sheet just because, hey, Crossroads audience, you get a couple of bonuses, and also where I keep playing with that threshold um, depends how many names it spits out. So essentially what I want to do this episode is name the running backs it said should bounce back this week based on their large or relatively large role on their team compared to their inefficiency in finishing outside a certain position rank last week. So they're underperforming their volume, but they're getting enough volume we should expect them to bounce back fairly quickly, i.e. here in week three. So by the time you listen to this podcast, you'll probably know 
who's who it's right and wrong on. And you're going to go through wide receiver, running back, and tight end. I also have a sell high list, which mm, it's a slightly different formulation. I mean, it's the same idea. Players overperforming on below average volume, so outside the top 36 at wide receiver, expected points percentage, finishing inside the top 24. But there's a it's. Mm, the buy low model or the idea of a buy uh, players underperforming if uh, volume model or, you know, come up with a catchy name if you want. I was just interested to see what it would spit out and if it's useful week to week. Um, not naming things, by the way, has meant people have claimed so many things that I've made. <laughs> but whatever. Um, we'll, we'll keep with the formula of uh, not being successful here. Um, and, and so... Well, let me just tell you about the sell high list. It's got both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott on it at running back. And that makes sense because both finished with over 17 uh, PPR points last week. But they are sharing one workload. They both shouldn't be finishing inside the top 24 on the same team in the same backfield, right? Last week, Tony Pollard scored 23 points or the week before last to you, presumably. And Ezekiel Elliott scored 17 PPR points. Like, that's too much based on their workload um, and their current expected points. So that makes sense, but does that mean you sell or want to trade away or not start Ezekiel or Tony Pollard? I don't know exactly, because running back is a little tricky that way when you're looking at players overperforming volume, but they're still getting a decent level of volume compared to their compatriots that you don't want to start them over. And so I think the uh, quote-unquote sell list is a slightly different calculation. A wide receiver, for example, Rondell Moore is currently overperforming value significantly over fellow wide receivers to the point they ended up on this quote-unquote sell high list. Rondell Moore scored 24 uh, fantasy points the week before last, or last week to me, um, and that's 13 fantasy points over expected based on the volume he's getting so far this season. And he has an expected points workload outside the top 24. But it's also, you've got DeAndre Hopkins on your team. So, you know, you shouldn't be expected to get similar level volume. And the fact that he's a rookie performing at that level of efficiency, that kind of makes sense. He might be growing into a larger role. So that doesn't mean you necessarily fade it. But it could indicate that you should be a little hesitant that it's going to continue next week since we shouldn't expect rookies necessarily to be week-to-week performers straight away. Henry Ruggs is also on that list for wide receiver, and that makes more sense. A deep-down-the-field player who catches one of those deep uh, receiving touchdowns should look like he's overperforming his overall seasonal volume, and we should expect him to be fluctu- uh, fluctuate week-to-week on a points-per-game basis. Either way, I think I'm just going to leave that list aside. You can see it in the same uh, P.A. Howdy ranks tab as I think the link that I post every week um, list that I'm producing with weekly projections and ranks and strength of schedule and so on and so forth. So instead for the podcast I want to go through running backs, wide receivers and tight ends who underperforming their volume so far this season um, and finished outside fantasy uh, startability at their various positions. So tight ends, you're looking inside the top 12. Wide receivers were looking inside the top 36. Running backs were really looking inside the top uh, 20, I think was the last threshold I used. And, you know, if they bounce back this week, then it's not just a simple representation of who's been performing, but it could be a useful tool week over week 
for, I don't play much DFS, especially this season, but even in form our start-sit decisions or maybe our trade decisions, that players are currently underperforming, but they should bounce back at least eventually relatively soon in season. So, yeah. Did any of that make sense? I don't know, but I'm going to read you a list now. So, pen and paper, I'll put it in the description, I guess. Um, Or, again, check out that sheet. Uh, If it's not worth a dollar, then it's probably... Definitely not worth me keeping up with, so that will tell me that too. Um, Anyway, here we go. Uh, Running backs who currently underperforming volume, and I kind of expect if I'm doing this half right, at least most of them should have a pretty good fantasy week this week, despite underperforming their seasonal volume and having disappointing weeks in week two. Why don't I just name the weeks? That'll be easier. So week three should bring higher PPR points, like significantly higher like, I'm not going to accept eight points instead of seven. Like, that's not, that ain't hidden, you know? So, first one on the list is Jonathan Taylor. No one's really disappointed with Jonathan Taylor so far, especially considering his growth in the passing game, or the receiving game, rather. But last week, he only scored six PPR points in a tough matchup. And so, uh, with a workload like he's getting, we should expect more than that on a week-to-week basis. That's kind of a give-me, or a gimme. I don't think anyone's surprised by that name. Uh, Don't be worried about Jonathan Taylor. I think he should bounce back this week, especially if this is doing any good. The other one, though, is slightly... The next one, though, is slightly unusual. Mark Ingram, 35 expected points on the season so far. On a per game basis, and and is underperforming that 15 fantasy points over expected. So he has a workload inside significance, but his production has been outside significance. And last week he only finished with five points per game. So kind of would expect him to bounce back this week. Alvin Kamara, same thing. Clyde Edwards-Helaire, bit of a hot button topic, especially in dynasty so far. But despite the disappointment, it's not just the workload. It's not that he hasn't grown because the Kansas City Chiefs rely on is a Patrick Mahomes-centered team. He's actually performing pretty well, I think, from my experience of 2021, but everyone has different opinions right now. But I will say he's even underperforming his volume um, based on the role he had. I think there's a little more juice left in that squeeze. Last week, he only had two fantasy points. I think, again, if I'm doing this half right, he should have startable points this week, despite being disappointing for a lot of people so far in 2021. Although I am starting to really doubt my he'll finish in the top 12 projection this year. I'm willing to let the dice roll this week. Naheem Hines, um, currently, again, he has a expected points workload for running backs or percentage inside the top 20, and he's performing outside the top 24. Last week, he only scored three fantasy points. Jonathan Taylor had a similar problem. Sounds like it's a difficult matchup, and he should bounce up, not beat Jonathan Taylor, not it's a start Jonathan Taylor, uh, Naheem Hines week. Just both are underperforming their volume so far, and I expect them to do better on a weekly basis. And so this week, Naheem Hines should hopefully catch a touchdown or something, Um, Two extra names aren't on the Patreon list yet because I actually extended it just to see who would pop up. For running backs, Miles Sanders, 26 expected points so far. He's only underperforming by 1.8 points and he's had uh, some pretty good weeks. Um, But he only scored six points last week or in week two. And I think that'll bounce back up in week three. Uh, Kenny Gamewell is another one and perhaps a little more interesting for Dynasty because not a lot of people are interested in him. But he actually has a relatively interesting workload. He's performing efficiently on it. But based on those 
those boundaries a workload inside the top 20 which is expected point percentage inside the top 20 which is very high for a player like Kenny Gainwell um, and he's performing outside the top 24 uh, in a PPR fantasy points projection last week he only finished with seven points um, and that could increase apparently uh, but I've expanded the thresholds here a little bit so they're just names I want to watch and see what happens a wide receiver some very interesting names LaVisca Chenault not the biggest fan I've constantly been calling him not a top 24 wide receiver like he was on my out list with DJ Chark and in fact I just wrote off the Jacksonville Jaguars which so far has been pretty good for me but uh, Risk Schnaltz's overall expected points percentage the role the volume that he gets on that team has been significant he's been inside the top 15 I think the category I uh, had the wide receivers at and he's performing uh, significantly below uh, what you would expect on that volume the Jaguars have been struggling but just based on the volume he's getting he should be scoring and where he's getting that volume he should be scoring more points he only had one PPR point or 1.7 PPR points last week I expect yeah let's just use the word a strong regression um, up towards an average for the amount of touches he's getting and uh, Marvin Jones being great is great uh dj chark meh whatever um but i do think the viscous should grow this week dj chark's also on this list but i'm less likely to believe it because i do think the workload's been skidding around as the jaguars have been struggling early in the season um, and the viscous volume is in a significant threshold that dj chark's workload is not and so i'm ticking the box on the viscous as one to watch to prove or disprove this list Kenny Galladay is also on this list another like Clyde Edwards Lair kind of a hot button topic right now and um, the distant dreams of him recreating his top 12 season are in the rear view probably even here in week three but he is getting enough volume that we should be expecting more than the six PPR points he spat out last week and we could see better games to come in fact the New York Giants hesitantly after middling it was kind of a push week for my dlf article looking at strengths of schedule and trying to predict where good and bad matchups are using something go read it it's actually fun i actually think it's a really fun exercise just essentially the premise is strengths of schedule suck instead of making something that projects matchups let's look at something that describes how teams are performing and then try and layer on our understanding in narrative form almost um of those teams to try and see uh, if we can eke out some knowledge instead of predict some knowledge because strengths of schedule suck so i like the idea of writing a strengths of schedule article that purely rejects the idea of strengths of schedule but maybe that's too meta that's just me but i i've been finding it a fun fun exercise um and the giants have an interesting matchup i wrote up this week for dlf so did that work out if one of you all could shout back there from the future, it would be great. Um, another interesting player on this list, Devontae Smith, has been impressing as a rookie so far. Less than four PPR points last week on a very significant role for that team. I expect him to bounce up. And same with AJ Brown. Devontae Parker, which I think is an interesting one, especially with the potential return of Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle getting all the press as another rookie, performing fairly well in terms of earning volume as a rookie on that team. Lots of Tua Tagovailoa, I think, hurts. But Jacoby Brissett is no slouch. We've seen him 
be good in relief. And I think Devontae Parker has a relatively interesting role on that team. It would be really interesting for me, at least, based on this list, to see how he performs this week. Adam Robinson has been another disappointing high pick this year, but he's getting a role that we should expect to spit out more PPR points on a weekly basis, as we've all experienced, and rostering Alan Robinson, so I really think that could bounce back this week. The two extra names that aren't on the list um, that's up on the sheet, but once I expanded the categories a little bit, I found them interesting, so I think I'll include them here. Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. Um, I wasn't have not been surprised to see Robert Woods not be everything uh, he was a couple years ago when the Rams were killing it with Jared Goff, and instead most of it going to Cooper Cup. That's kind of what... I talked about this offseason with the offense, and Zach Reed, I think, was from the Dynasty Dummies, was on that podcast with me and agreed. And so I've kind of been expecting that. But even based on Cooper Cup is the one, that should continue. You all should have liked, and you did, I assume, uh, Cooper Cup a lot, instead of thinking of Robert Rudds as a touchdown guy, because that's a bad thing. But anyway, even based on that, the workload he's getting should be producing more points. Now, last week he had 12 PPR points, or in week two, which is not actually bad. That's startable. It's actually pretty good. You go Robert Woods. He's still a good player. But based on the role he's getting, if we expand the categories a little bit, we could expect to see slightly larger games sometimes. So those are the two extra I added once I expanded the categories here. For tight end, where we're dealing with top 12 expected point percentage roles and top 12 output... Obviously, there aren't going to be too many surprises when you're only looking at the top 12 players, but I thought I'd spit them out anyway. Players underperforming significant volume, so expected point percentages inside the top 12 for tight end, and yet their PPR points have been slightly disappointing so far. Top of the list is Jared Cook. I've been asked about him a lot in start sick questions this week, so I'm assuming everyone knows he could be potentially a pretty good streamer tight end this week. He only scored five PPR points last week. I think that should bounce up based on the role he's getting right now. David Njoku, honestly don't believe that one on the Browns, but again, when you're looking at top 12 workloads, only through two weeks, some strange things are going to happen, especially when you're talking about tight end with such a small category. And the other two names on the list are Jono Smith and Juwan Johnson. Those are the only names that span out. Again, it's going to be a smaller list where we have a smaller start-sit category for tight ends. Um, but I do ask it to spit any players ranked in the top 12 in underperformance that finished outside the top 12 last week but have a role inside the top 12 and expected points percentage. Again, as roles stabilize more as we get more as more weeks of data, target shares come down, um, roles become infinitely clearer. The more weeks we get, the clearer this should be. So it'll be interesting to see how it performs. But those are the names that fit out, spit out this week. How'd it do? Please, someone let me know. Presumably, every time you're listening to this, I know as well. But um, I'd be really interested. If this has week-to-week utility, that'd be big for me, at least, because I've got, I, I think, a lot of good... I feel confident in my process in a lot of areas... But in DFS, I tried a few things out, found some success. Um, But in terms of week-to-week bounce backs, despite, again, Tan expressing a very simple thought, it took a very smart person, I think, to have the idea and uh, even smarter people to try and teach me the bare basics of it so I could create something that might have some level of process for myself. If not, I'll fiddle with it some more. 
just going to roll into the double entendre there and uh, and see if we can't make it a little more usable and uh, maybe expand the thresholds. I know uh, Tam was talking about wide receivers, for example, in the, his his air yards representation of underperformance. Um, can you, is air yards model trademarked? I have no idea. Um, he was using top 50, so a roll inside the top 50. Um, and finishing outside the top 50. And that just seemed too far for me. Like it spit out a few too many names, and there's no great way of ranking it. You essentially sort by efficiency, obviously, but that doesn't mean one is more or less likely. It didn't spit out 50 names, interestingly enough, because there's very relatively few wide receivers with a role inside the top 50 and performance outside the top 50. But um, I thought I'd shrink the categories to see if we could get a, l- a little more actionability built around a list, especially where I'm a, a, a moron, so I'm not going to be able to read it nearly as well as someone like Tan or Matt or Josh Hernsmeyer does. So, uh, yeah, that's the list. Um, daily Dynasty Crossroads, I guess, information. Anyway, um, if you're interested in it all, hit me up, as always, on Twitter, at PA Howdy. Um, go check out the sheet. You can see the list of names and also the numbers I was reading off there. And you can also check out the wiki database, which is free. Pinned to my Twitter and Patreon timeline. Just click. takes you to a Google sheet. And you can see these players' week-to-week stats as well as their season-long stats. So I'm finding it pretty fun. Hope you're having a great 2021 so far. And you're kicking ass in them leagues. And uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a rough ending, isn't it? i got to come up with a better intro and outro. But until I do, thanks very much for listening, and I will see you again next week. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, so Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, so Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical